Hello and welcome to World Shop, the continued Halloween edition where we talk about horror movies we watched. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. See, I can do it sometimes, you dick. Dang, you nailed it. You did really good that time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing, Cody? Okay, so I'm doing really good for a variety of reasons, and these are going to seem kind of lame. So just bear that in you mind. You did a pull up. You, I, um, I got, uh, yeah, uh, pull like uh, resistance bands to help do pull ups, which was a good idea because, yeah. oh boy, is working your way up to a pull up without assistance. I don't really know how you actually do that. I, my brother was telling me some crap about like you jump up on the bar and then like slowly lower yourself and yeah, do that I'm, over I'm, and over and over. And I'm like, it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. But like I, I did it with like resistance bands and that actually felt like I was doing the thing instead of not doing the thing. And it was really hard, which meant I was like straining my muscles, which is good. Um, yeah. I also got new Bluetooth headphones. Because I lost oh, my Oh, good. Pair. Finally. Yeah. yeah that's actually God really nice to have. Bluetooth. Yeah. Good Bluetooth You were using headphones. those crappy plane headphones for a Yeah, I was. I'm like, dude, stop. It was Eric's fault. Good. You know? It was because it's, of it him. It was not Eric's fault. He hasn't, you know, disassembled his entire car Just because he apartment. hasn't disassembled his entire car doesn't mean he specifically stole your headphones. It does. That's what I have to assume it means, is that he took them. I mean, he probably did, but, like, you can't just assume that. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> He's a thief and a liar, and he's not here to defend no, himself. Not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna stand up for my friend. <laughs> the friends I'm stealing now, from. Now, I will you. <laughs> say, as an actual thing that is very good, um, immortality is fantastic, oh, and everyone yeah, should so play excited. that game. It's. So I, I good. really want to play it. It looks good, and it's like it plays kind of like a movie too. So, like, I definitely want to play it. Yeah. No, it's it's fascinating, and I, I find it very engrossing. And for um, like. What I don't know what to call like I think they're called like full motion live motion video yeah. games or whatever full they're called videos or something like that. Yeah, usually those FMVs, suck. Full motion, yeah. Yeah, usually those are garbage, and this is excellent. And the the way the way the story plays out and how well crafted it is to have several twists all correlating with each other is really impressive. The fact that the story is rich enough that. I'm having long discussions with my friend about what metaphors might be present in the story and which ones might not. Some of that is I think that you're re-watching clips so much that you you kind of get... We might be seeing stuff that isn't there. Like, does it yes, mean something yes. that the main character's hair is red in the first movie and brown in the second movie? Is that a metaphor? Maybe. Yeah, okay. Also, maybe it's nothing, but, you know... Um, the, I mean, from art, you can grab whatever you want, and I think that's the good part about art. Right. Well, and, you know, yeah, there is an extent to which sometimes the intent of the author only matters so much. Um, yeah, of course. But I will say, generally, I'm looking for what they meant to put in. And you can sometimes find other stuff, and that's valid, but you can also sometimes read a whole bunch of garbage into nothing, and that's not necessarily rigorous or in-depth reading either so i don't know my point is that the story is good enough so far that there's enough meat to chew on that it makes you find interesting little tidbits throughout the story which is yeah. very fun I, I will say for the audience which was very funny for me i popped into cody's stream twice when he was doing this once i just popped in to tell him that i was watching one of the movies we're going to talk about today and the other time i popped in to like you know watch a bit of the stream before they got off and the second time i popped in it just 
full on butt shot, naked butt shot of a man just standing there for a solid like he was on screen for like three minutes. Yeah, it like, was a lo- it was a lot. It was a lot. Of, it could have just like, man, this isn't even the worst. Him. And I just laughed so hard. It's like this is even the worst that you see. You just came in on like the lightest that we've seen today. Like that's that's really fun. Yeah, there's. I mean, I don't know what you say worst or you know in terms well, of like what is the badness of the nudity, but yeah, but this isn't even the most like you you were saying it was well. I might have I paraphrased, but you were saying it was like the like it wasn't that much compared to what you had seen before. Well, and that's what's funny about the progression of the game is the first time um, there's nudity in the game, it's, like, really innocuous. Like, this main character who's playing, like, a femme fatale in one of the movies, it's, like, she's, like, acting, they say cut, and she just, like, flashes a boob at the camera, like, really quick, just as, like, a joke, because they, yeah, like, they've cut, and she's just being, like, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a blooper thing. It's kind of, yeah. Funny. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then later on, there's just like full scenes where two characters are totally naked, just talking for 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> so that becomes yeah, the, more later. The, there was a scene in one of the movies um, that we were talking about today where someone was just standing there naked. And I was very upset about it. Was that? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about, buddy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm really excited to play this game. And I think once I play, we get to like do a full episode on it maybe because like, it definitely seems like something that we should probably talk about for a bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is excellent. I am, I'm having, uh, I told my friends, I'm playing with my friend, Caitlin, when yeah. she left the first time I was like, look, Caitlin, in the least friendly way, I mean this, I was really sad when you left because it meant I had to stop playing the game. I'm like, I don't know. It's not that I wanted to spend more time with you. It's that I wanted it's to keep playing you this need game. To play this gaming. You're not. And then you left. <laughs> and I'm like, no, get back here. We're finishing this. Also, how long have you guys been doing this in person again? Because I didn't like. Um, I was so confused when like she stood up and then like I'm like, oh wait, that's your wall. She's in your house. <laughs> it's been like a while that we've technically been like because. Right, at first it was because of COVID that we started doing yeah. it remotely. And, like, I don't know how long we were totally... I think it was probably, like... Did I just not notice the last few times you did in person then? When well, I no. So in? what I mean is that there was a time when we were just, like, isolating from them. Yeah, They were, like, the first... You know, like, when there was, like, that before vaccines, but testing was there and cases were a little bit down... That was, like, she was, like, in the group of people that we saw, right? So we had a very limited group of people that we just, like, with no social distancing saw, and they were some of them. Um, So we've been playing in person pretty consistently for, like, a year, probably. Well, not a year, but for a while now, right? Um, But it's just, like, her kids got sick, then my kids got sick, then her kids got sick, then my kids got sick. (laughs) Not with COVID, just, well, actually, no, her kids did get COVID, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, but sick with the kid disease, which is yeah, literally everything. It's just my kids have the plague, so, you know, th- that's going to happen. My, sorry, dude, my kids are plaguing. Yeah, they're gross. Kids are gross. Um, yeah, but no, it was good to see you guys in person again. Like, I yeah. like when people are back to normal. <laughs> it's like as much as, like, COVID was necessary. Oh, sorry, not COVID was necessary, but isolating was necessary. It's always good to see like oh we are in a safe place being safe and like no one's worried about getting sick right now so we can all hang out again it's, it's nice to see normalcy right i i agree it was very the first like time that we started playing together again it was really nice oh, i was traveling too i was traveling a lot was yeah, oh yeah yeah you were also 
So so I'll talk about my stuff on another episode because I mean it's look, man. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, Cody, you want to just get into this movie thing that we've been doing? Oh, come on. Give me one thing that you've been up to lately. Okay. One thing that I've been up to lately. Here, let's do the one that's sad. Uh, let's, I've been playing Last of Us 2 again. Why? Why do you do this? <laughs> for the audience, Cody immediately did his, like, oh, I'm so sorry for you smile and started laughing. <laughs> it's just like the, oh, honey smile. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Cause like, I wanted to play something like a little horror y for, um, horror y, not horry, horror y. I want to play something a little horror y for, um, Halloween. And like a podcast I was listening to, they recently did The Last of Us, uh, remake on the show and i'm like i really miss last of us and i'm like i kind of want to play through last of us 2 again because it's like it's gameplay wise and stuff it's like a very like good game to play for like that like that style of game and then it's like it's like i kind of want to play the story even though i know it's gonna wreck my day i just it's not the list the the look that i didn't give you was not oh i feel bad for you it's i'm laughing at how disappointed i am in your life choices <laughs> i mean you're like look i'm feeling i'm just you know i don't i want to play last of us that'll cheer me up like why not do anything else there's a million other games you know there's a million other people who just what yeah um but play painkiller that's the fun version of this i was also gonna play um i mean i need to get back to doing some elden ring but my one friend has been playing uh, demon souls again doing new game plus and we're talking it's like man if i play demon souls i get this like new game plus i get the spell soul eater and oh sorry soul drain which is great and i also get to use like the freaking special weapon at the end it's like ah but also new game plus is apparently nightmarish like nightmarish well yeah and hard yeah it's and gonna so be. i was like eh. but i'm a magic build so it's not gonna be as hard for me as it is for him but it's like i also like should probably if i'm gonna play a souls game should probably do elden ring that game that i bought <laughs> well for yeah, full price know, maybe oh because technically i i didn't buy um demon souls i got it gifted to me <laughs> oh i didn't so. i kind of forgot that you had demon souls yeah yeah it's a great game but so yeah, I gave you one. The Last of Us Two. I shouldn't be playing it, and we both know I shouldn't be playing it. Um. So, but yeah, you want to get into the movie thing, and I'll kind of like because we've talked about it a little bit on the show. But I'll like since this is a bonus episode, I'll give it a full um thing. So we are doing pretty much a recommendation show every week for the uh, month of October of recommended horror properties back and forth to each other. And so the first one we did was. Silence of the Lambs, which I we both just agree just blanketly that Silence of the Lambs is a freaking amazing movie. And then I accidentally recommended S. Darko because I was joking when I posted the trailer and Cody thought I was being serious. I need to be more clear about my jokes next time. Um, and then Cody recommended Mandy to me. And then last week I recommended um, The Ritual to him. And so... We're going to get into it, but I talked to Cody about this a little bit earlier. We're first going to do S. Darko last because I will get tilted immediately. And I want to like go into this conversation <laughs> about recommendations in these movies um, with like, I don't want to be fighty because I want to have like a constructive conversation. And I know that if we start with S. Darko, I will be fighty for the rest of the episode. What, did but you second, like S. Darko? No, 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 no. 
I'm just going to yell about it. But second, I'm like, I want to start with Mandy first because you recommended it to me first. And I just like want to get why, why you rec- why you like this movie and why you recommended it and like what drew you to what made it like a good movie in your mind. And then we can have the full discussion and then I'll do the same thing for the ritual. Why I recommended it to you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I really want to hear from you because I will tell you straight up before we get into my feelings on it. I think I have like very complicated feelings about men. Um, and okay. then I'll tell you what that means when we get to my part, my, my time to talk. <laughs> okay. So basically I'm trying to think of the right way to, to sum up succinctly why I liked Mandy so much. I think it is the pairing of a movie that I thought had a small, well thought out, concise plot. It wasn't about the end of the world. It wasn't okay. big and complicated. The story uh, spoilers from here on out about Mandy. Spoilers for all of the movies. We're going to spoil the crap out of all these movies. A guy's wife is kidnapped and murdered. And then the guy goes on a revenge killing spree to murder everyone that killed his wife. The end. The motivations are real simple. The reason they kidnapped her was because a cult leader thought she was hot. That's it. There isn't anything more than that. I like a movie. The reason I liked um, John Wick, the first one, so much is because the plot was very simple. The plot itself is not what makes the movie good. What made John Wick 1 good was that it had a very simple plot, but the execution was excellent and creative and they never hit you over the head with anything, but the world building was really bizarre. In in John Wick, it was like this urban fantasy kind of thing where there's like a whole yeah. underworld in cities of these assassins and this whole currency, and they never explain any of it. You just kind of live through the world. Mm-hmm. Same way with this. It's just instead it's hillbilly drugged out demon nightmares is the aesthetic, you know? So... Like, you never get hit over the head with when he goes on his murder rampage and he, like, kind of goes to a weird coke hell. They never explain where that is. He just drives there because that's where they are. Why did the Horn of Abraxas... Doesn't technically drive there, but we'll get to that. Why did the Horn of Abraxas summon, like, I think they said they did, like, a bad batch of LSD and turned into Cenobite demons? <laughs> what? Why did blowing on a horn summon them when they ride four-wheelers? Like, I don't know, but it's a good aesthetic. It looks right. The director had a very singular vision for how this should feel and how it should look. The aesthetic was stellar, and it was beautifully executed. There are, like, stills from this movie, the way the color is done, the way the lighting is done, the way, like, the big wide shots are done that look like they could be like heavy metal comic paintings you know what i mean like they're not they're cheesy right but it wasn't on accident (laughs) he he knew what he was doing with this right like nick cage forging his own vengeance axe like making an axe just made out of aluminum but why would he know how to do that like who cares it's conan yeah of course he does because it's conan that's what they're doing here you know um and that's kind of to me when i think of horror frequently what i love is when it is unabashedly the thing that it is 
Like, I, I like horror movies where it's just we're throwing blood on the walls, right? It is yeah, just absolutely. absolute chaos. And it's like, who cares what the plot is? The point is to have someone vomiting blood up the walls, you know? Uh, like, have you seen Dead Alive? That should go on my list. Um, no, I don't think so. It was one of Peter Jackson's early movies, like guy that did Lord of the Rings really good. There is a yeah. scene where a guy drives a, 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 a right, he, like a push lawnmower. He shoves that through a horde of zombies. Oh, yeah. One of the first pictures that I found when I... um typed in dead alive is just someone with their hand fully through the back of a woman's skull and out her mouth yeah peter jackson before he did lord of the rings yeah Um, peter jackson before he did lord of the rings made a hellish nightmare escape apparently really good zombie well he made kind of he made some bad zombie movies doesn't matter um the reason i love dead alive is because it isn't very complicated it isn't very deep but boy is there a part where a guy pushes a chainsaw through a horde of zombies um the reason i would say Mandy is a better movie is it actually has a theme and a message. There is an idea that it is trying to explore. Mm-hmm. And I think in a succinct way, it does an excellent job of doing that. And then yeah. you layer on top of that the fact that every character is going insane. Like, not a single subtle performance in this movie. No. Everyone is acting to the back of the auditorium, and I love it. The like, only one not doing that is Mandy. <laughs> yeah, and she dies. <laughs> so, yeah, that's you know. why she dies, because she's not acting to the back of the auditorium. Yeah, yeah, but God. Nick Cage and the guy that played the villain, who is like also kind of a well-known actor, they're both just point the camera at them, let them do their thing. Like, they are like, act this all the way to 10. Go. And it's perfect, because the movie isn't about subtle performances it's about blood running up the walls. And that is what every moment of it is. The difference is, it's people that are really good at acting at a 10. This is like a criticism that people have made about like Samuel L. Jackson in the prequel movies. Is like, yeah. he kind of shines when he's being intense. Like when he can bring yes. a lot of intensity to a role. And when they're like, we need you to act stoic. It's like, well, that's not, why do you have Samuel L. Jackson that's, acting yeah, stoic? stoic no. It's not what he's good at. And like, he can give nuanced and excellent performances but not in this case it's like we want nick cage like what do you want him to do like act crazy like great (laughs) like just point the camera he'll take care of the rest you know yeah um so yeah that's that to me was why i loved this movie it was a simple plot with an amazing aesthetic a well thought out um what would it be like a themed through line to the movie and it was also entertaining every second of it. I was gripped. I also like slow movies, so it is kind of like dirgy. Okay. So now it's my time to kind of go through my thoughts. Because I haven't told you at all, other than like the th- things that I liked about it that have like I will say this is a movie that had me laughing very hard at a few points. And so Cody explained it as like, oh yeah, it's this like dark movie where a guy gets revenge of his wife and it's like graphic and all this, but there are like a few solidly like hilarious scenes in this. Um, and I'll get to that first because I think that is fun to talk about is the cheddar goblin scene. And that's the only thing I ever heard about this movie was uh, I didn't even know what it was. I just know cheddar goblins in this. And so there's a scene where, um, so Nicholas Cage's wife in the movie, Mandy gets basically kidnapped by, um, this cult who is like, because a cult leader wants to have sex with her. And, um, 
So and she laughs in his face when all that happens, and so he gets mad and like dejected because he's God and you're supposed to love God. So he kills her in front of um, her husband Nicholas Cage, and Nicholas Cage gets out of his like binds and like goes back home to finally get his revenge. And he's mourning his wife, and on the TV when he gets back home is this commercial like the old side like tri uh, tricks rabbit commercials, but it's these kids they don't have mac and cheese. It's like who ate all the mac and cheese? Cheddar Goblin, did you eat all the mac and cheese? Nothing's better than cheddar. And it's just this ridiculous thing just stuck in the middle of this movie that up until this point was like this very slow and like methodically thought out movie that's like, it's trying to be an art film and in the middle of it is nothing's better than cheddar. And this th this like goblin creature just vomits macaroni and cheese on these kids and then he like rises out of it as if he is like some demon breaking out of hell and, and i almost fell out of my chair laughing that was so dumb and so funny but and, and there was a couple of other things like nicholas cage's performance for some reason at the scene when he's fighting a demon he puts this like huge twang on his voice for no reason, where he's like, you ripped my shirt! You ripped my shirt! And just like, for no reason does he do that. And he never talks like that again in a movie, except for that one thing. And again, it's like, I'm laughing because it's just, it's so ridiculous. And I like, and I'll say, there was like a lot of parts of that movie that I thought were great. Now, what I didn't think were great, that it took over an hour to heat up. And... A lot of it was, and not even that it was slow and it was developing, a lot of it was scenes of just like looking at a person just standing there quietly as like colors slightly changed the background. Or it was like there was a good like two minutes of the scene of, or more than that of Mandy walking down the street, the cult leader in his van like drives past her and then it slows down and it just like goes back and forth. It's just like... I feel like, and I apologize for saying this straight up, because I feel like there's a lot of wasted time in this movie. I feel like there is a lot of wasted time and a lot of like long shots that don't need to be there. Like you get with with the things that they set up, you get the artsy fartsiness of it, and you don't need to just have long shots for no reason. Long shots don't make a movie good. And I think that's what they kept putting in there up until the, like because a lot of it disappeared after like the main event the action started happening is there was just a lot of long shots one of them that i mentioned earlier where we just linger on the cult leader completely naked just talking for a good like three minutes i'm like dude i like probably even more than that but just like dude i like what why are we just lingering on this specific thing and that thing being his penis. <laughs> so. But I, I just, I, I think there was a lot of waste of time. And that's what kind of like took me out of it for the first half of the movie. Is we wasted so much time getting to the point. And like that's the amount of time it would have taken any other movie to develop and set up a climax. This just got to like the main event. And then like because it was so long to get to like kick off the movie and the revenge and stuff. It made the revenge feel less important because the rest of the movie the rest of the revenge stuff that happens happens like at, so so we get up to i think the revenge 
to him like getting home, seeing Shadow Goblin. I think it's like an hour twenty into the movie. Yeah, I mean, once he starts killing people, it doesn't take. It, the, that yeah, long. it does yeah, in it the movies. Oh, and like, but, but, but like, it just doesn't seem as important because it just goes so quick compared to all of the lingering. And that was just like my issue with it. There was just a lot of lingering. Okay, so you ready for my retort? Yeah. Yes, we're doing this like a quiet debate for no reason at all. So, um, there's. Wait, can I actually say one more thing before you get yes. to your story? Yes. And I think that while I enjoyed a lot of the stuff that happened in the second half of the movie, there was this thing of ridiculousness for ridiculousness sake. Like when he does go fight the demons in the shack, like he gets kidnapped and he wakes up. He gets kidnapped so many times in this movie, but he wakes up again and he fights the demons, throws one down a pit and goes upstairs. And one of them is just watching hardcore porn on the TV. And it's just like, to me, that was ridiculous for ridiculousness sakes and he's just like and there was a couple other like little things in there where it's just like i think we're doing this specifically to be extreme rather than have this be like an interesting thing in the movie like after that uh he does oh yeah no that i'm not even going to talk about the snorting okay that did like um eating some drug that just looks like a jar of ejaculate um no the other ridiculous like he goes to the one drug dealer who has a tiger and lets the tiger go and none of that matters literally that whole scene was lizzie and the um lsd guy just didn't matter at all but it was in the movie ridiculousness for ridiculousness sake and it's just like what point are we making here or is there a point where we're just trying to be like here's a weird image and a weird guy and it's tiger oh lizzie is it is like what what are we doing here? Okay, so I will level now with you. <laughs> I do not remember the part with the tiger that well, so I can't speak to it that much. Because it didn't matter, that's why you don't remember it. Uh I don't want to say that. I'm not gonna go that far. I don't know if I agree with you on it not mattering. It did not stick out to me as a nuisance. But I think the other two well, two scenes now that I want to zoom in on and focus on as definitely mattering. The first one is um so after Mandy is kidnapped and like being seduced by yeah. this cult leader, right? Yeah. So I guess part of it maybe is to show like his own grandiose thoughts about himself, sure. But anyway, say what you're gonna say. Definitely. So I think largely the consistent theme of this movie is like the like depravity of um grandiose masculinity. Like yeah. It's about men that think the world of themselves. Yeah. Namely the main character, but then this also ties into the demons a little bit. Um, Don't really know. I don't know if they actually are demons. They're just creepy LSD demons, I guess. Whatever. Hits Um, one of them with his car and his car flips over and like, like gets destroyed. And the guy gets back up and walks away. I think they're demons. (laughs) There's something. I don't what think they, that was a human. You can't hit a human with the car, have it flip, and then have the guy you hit get back up and be like, nothing's better than Jedi. Canonically, oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Canonically, uh, I think what they said is they did bad LSD, and now there's... Yes. <laughs> which that doesn't make sense, but it's I don't so, need it to. It's so funny. It's just so funny to me that, like, oh, yeah, these guys did LSD, and now they wear, like, spiked suits and are covered in, like, they're made of metal, pretty much. Yeah. 
And they get summoned by the Horn of Abraxas, a thing that I guess exists. <laughs> the Horn of Abraxas that just looked like the Ocarina of Time turned sideways. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was stupid. But again, I, I don't, in my read of this is the Horn of Abraxas isn't real. That no. guy, the cult leader, was like, this is the Horn of Abraxas. <laughs> We're doing like magic. Like, okay, dude. It um, just looked like the Ocarina of Time, dude. The reason to me that scene where she's like, drugged out and he comes up and is like talking about how great he is and it's so tense because she's just like strapped down to a chair she's been given a ton of drugs you know this is gonna go bad right you just don't know why and he's like so proud of himself he's like i'm amazing i'm like this celestial light being and then he like turns on this song and like opens his robe and just starts like flowy dancing and they hold on that for so long because you as the audience they hold on it long enough for it to be funny to you where you're like wait how long is this guy gonna sit here and be like i am a magic creature of light and then she just starts laughing yeah in his face this is like his big moment to shine and then she's just like, what did you write a song about how awesome you are? The thing that I will say about that light, light, about that scene, that moment, I think I was trying to say, but said light instead, is there, there, there is a moment when it's zoomed in on, I think, his face. And then you start, because she's high or whatever, you start seeing a melding of her face on his. So you see her scar on his face. And I thought that was very, very cool. Cool cinematography, cool imagery, and very well done. So I, I'm not saying that the lingering is all bad. I'm just saying that there was a lot of it. It is paced a lot like a movie from the... Do you Have you watched a lot of like 70s horror, 70s action movies? Um, A few. And now that you're saying it, yes, I know exactly what you're it, it very much has... The, if you're into a movie like Escape from New York... It's yeah. kind of paced like Escape from New York, where it's like, is this an action movie? Because I think he shoots a gun twice. And yeah, a lot of no it idea, is just no. wandering around New York, talking to people, you know? Um, but to me, the setup is all the cool stuff. Like, the end part where he goes nuts and murders everybody is fun, for sure. And I love it. He has a chainsaw fight. That's great. Um, Which was just taken straight out of Resident Evil 7. Well, I, I mean, also Evil Dead, also a million also, other things. Have had also, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, chainsaw you know, like, like chainsaws are horror movie fodder. So as soon as he gets the chainsaw, you're like, oh, and yeah. One chainsaw is like seven foot long and the other one's a normal chainsaw. Yeah. I actually like that they have that crazy long chainsaw because it's kind of like set in the Pacific yeah, Northwest. Yeah, it's sword, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's also like a real chainsaw that does exist. Like if you're yeah. felling trees that are that big around, long, you have to use yeah. a really long chainsaw. Anyways, um, so yeah, so this, the lingering and the long shots and the ambient soundtrack, it doesn't have like a big like driving soundtrack. It takes its time and it is slow. And I'm okay with that. Um, it's one of those things that I think tonally or like it isn't common in movies anymore to be paced the way this movie is paced because it yeah. is very front heavy where you just kind of like sit there Mandy for an and hour Nick Cage and nothing are sitting in their house talking about planets but it's like a real conversation so she's like I like Jupiter and he's like I like Mars yeah and that's the other thing like starting off that conversation a couple of the conversations early on 
The dialogue is so bad. What's your favorite? And it's also said in like a way that like doesn't sound like real people talk. What's your favorite planet? Well, I like Jupiter. Well, I like Saturn. Okay. I don't. And that's think that the whole the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Watch real again, people buddy. don't have dialogue all the time. Well, Sometimes yeah, you're but just sitting there <laughs> flipping through a book, and you're like, "Which planet's your favorite planet?" And she's like, "Jupiter." He's like, "Cool, I like Saturn." And that's it. Like, if it was said like that, I would say, "Yeah, sure." But it was like floofy doofy. Like, look how special we think doofy. we're saying these things. Oh my gosh, she's just like a giant nerd, which is also kind of funny. Yes, um, that. Like, tonally, this movie is a book that she's reading, which, yes. like, is kind of Conan the Barbarian-y. It's, like, not exactly what... Again, also, the theming for, like, the... Not theming, but, like, the style from this movie uh, largely, I think, comes from, like, older, grungier fantasy. Like, when fantasy was way more, like, ooh, slime trolls, you know? Like, yeah. um, and big muscle guys. Like, that's the fantasy that she's sitting there flipping through reading, you know, like, these primordial sun shining through this unknown jungle and there's a guy with a sword like fighting off cthulhu monsters that's kind of the the tone um i can understand why the pacing would be odd i enjoy that pacing especially when so many movies do not do that (laughs) there's not a lot of movies that have long ambient silences of someone walking and i love it yeah, and that's the thing, and I think that is where it lies. Where it's like, not that I didn't like the movie and didn't appreciate things that happened in the movie. I think for me, it's like I can watch a slow burn movie, but a lot of the slow burn that happened in this movie, nothing, like truly nothing was happening. Like she was walking down the road, the guy drives and literally sits there and lingers for five minutes on them looking at each other. To me, where I think to me, what would have driven the point home a little bit more about him just being obsessed with her over one is if they did, did it not at because they didn't do it at like half speed or like slow that they did it like for a five minute scene. If they did it either half speed or like full speed, where he just gets a glimpse of her and then suddenly he's like, I need this woman, I'm going to kill for her. That would drive in the point of, oh, this guy is so thinks he's so important. That one five-second look at a woman drove him to murder her by burning her alive in front of her husband. I think that that part is supposed to be kind of leering. Like, uh, I, get, this, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it. It is kind of a perverse obsession with a benign act, you know, that True. they're just staring at her doing something totally innocuous. But this guy is obsessed you know, and it's like, oh, she's speaking out to me. Like, no, she's not. No, she's, she's walking just home. walking. Yeah, she's You're just an walking idiot. down the street. You know. Yeah, but also that kind of drives in the whole point of like what society where like certain people will be like, oh, yes, this one moment that happened between me and this random person was the most important moment in my entire life. And I need this person and they should feel the same way. And then when that person doesn't react because to them it was literally just another day and yes i'll do the street fighter line to them it was just tuesday but like the the people and people go insane after that and like well like if you have like an internet reaction you see so many times where a dude was like oh yeah you're so great wonderful like date me and the girl's like we've talked once ever it's like and then the response is like oh i effing hit you go away you whore and stuff like that it's like that same kind of thing and concept in this movie and i will say i appreciate 
them showing it in that ridiculous manner because that is exactly what it is. A lingering look where you looked at someone one time and then tried to impress them with something they didn't care about and then you freak out on them. Not only didn't care about, but you got naked and played a record that you made about how uh, awesome yeah, you are. Yeah, about yourself and then danced dumbly to it. And of course you're going to get laughed out of your face because that's real dumb. It's hard to describe the song, too, because it wasn't, like, cool. It was like... It was, like, renaissance music, yeah. Like, flower hippie renaissance thing. Yeah. And it's just like, and the light is amazing from me. And I'm like, whoa, my gosh. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like, that's what makes that scene so great, is you're just, like, sitting there watching this unfold, and you're like, oh, he's really just gonna... He's really doing it. Like, this makes any... And he's in, like, a trailer... With four other burnt out looking junkies, like, I'm an amazing light filled bee. <laughs> She's just like, <laughs> you know, and then he loses yeah, his mind and kills her and, you know, laughs whatever. so but, hard in his face. Like, he should feel bad. If someone ever laughed at me like the way she laughed at him, I would feel horrible for me. Well, and it's like, she like, I like, out. The, like, <laughs> like, for the a drugs, solid like, remove her inhibitions so she's like oh I'll just go with what i'm actually feeling what she's actually feeling is like because you know if like someone did that to me i would be like oh yeah good song but yeah it's a really cool song i love that song it's really good can i have the record do you have records for sale for like free because i'll buy one for free you know yeah. i would just laugh in their face because that's mean but when you're yeah, i right. guess when you're all drugged out you're just gonna be honest and it's hilarious it's really weird um, the Cheddar Goblin thing, I like. Oh, I love the so Cheddar like, Goblin. Uh, that's not a complaint. Cheddar Goblin's great. I think it thematically makes sense in that um, this is someone else's words, so I'm not going to pretend like I thought this up, but I think it's important for the seed, which is just like TV doesn't care that his life has just fallen apart. Like, it doesn't care. Yeah. Like. And that's what I liked about it, that it's just this completely detached thing from everything else that happens he walks in <laughs> cheddar goblin do you eat all the mac and cheese nothing's better than cheddar <laughs> well and you can imagine him and mandy laughing about yes. that being like ha 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 this stupid commercial and instead he's just sitting there like oh this is this is the worst thing i can't just ever find the innocuous thing funny anymore huh yeah. This is, yeah um the part where he goes and gets the crossbow is fantastic just as like a weird like gearing up scene where he just goes to his friend's trailer he's like i need the crossbow and he's like what are you hunting he's like jesus freaks what, what was the crossbow had a name which made that even better yeah I it was mean, called like the, like the destructorator or something yeah like dumb sure why not that it's a crossbow you know and, like, oh, okay it was, it's so funny because then he only uses it twice because he only has two arrows. So there was no point. Yeah, but that's not the point. Was, the point is that he went and got the crossbow and forged an axe. Because it was that John Wick moment, like where John Wick breaks open the concrete and gets all his weapons and then like the rest of the movie like annihilates people with his weapons. But now this, this dude gets this crossbow. It's like, yeah, give me a the annihilator. And he's like, okay, here. And then he freaking uses it twice and then never again. Here's what I'll say. I think this movie gets right that John Wick doesn't. Is it really? realizes the cool parts of the story are like the iconic part of john wick is him like being like i'm back as he's like smashing concrete with a sledgehammer that's like the scene right that's the cool part mm -hmm. this movie is just all cool parts and it kind of skips the part where john wick is just like 
backflipping with pistols, shooting every single person in the head. Like, he just skips that, because it's like, eh, 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 we don't need to do that. We just need the scenes where he's like, oh, back, and is smashing open a container. Yeah, and then making the axe with aluminum. The axe was yeah. definitely hey, aluminum. It was definitely steel, Jordan. You, you, know, you, you can swing a solid steel axe that heavy, <laughs> okay, that's cool. also what steel looks but like. All, yeah, also what steel looks like, and be the way he forged it, like, by casting it like that. Also, you could just do that the way he did it perfect yeah a lot if you know anything about that stuff a lot of that doesn't quite hold up yeah okay so (laughs) you liquefied steel poured it and then it came out shiny yes and then all you had to do was grind it down very easily mind you and it was perfectly sharp that's kind of true because it would be very soft because it hadn't been hardened at all so you could put an edge on it for two seconds and then it would immediately smush like potatoes yeah, as soon as you swing that once that thing is getting indented <laughs> yeah yeah um it, anything else you got to say about this movie before we say our final thoughts and move on to the next um yeah it's it's just one of those ones that to me stands out not just because i think it's excellently done and had a singular vision that was well executed it stands out as being weird for the genre of horror right now there just aren't a lot of movies that yeah. do this and I thought it was great. It's like I would rather see a variety of feelings and tones and themes in movies that are done in a variety of ways. Like there isn't just one way to make a movie. And this way was different. And it might not be for everybody. But I'm like, man, you can tell there was artistic integrity. Like was Nick Cage's performance for everybody? No. But it was that was Nick Cage doing that character the way he wanted to do it. And it was great. And it's like, I like that. I like that the character was weird. And some of the performances you are like, did they actually get him drunk and tell him to smash a bathroom? I think that they just got him drunk and went, Nick Cage, trash this room. And yeah, he was like, oh, just like crashing and yeah, falling down in his underpants. And that scene is absolutely real. Yeah. Yeah. It's And like, that's again, like, you know, you go back there's like famous scenes in movies where that's. Yeah. Literally the what scene. they did. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, think, yeah. I think it was Apocalypse um, Now. Yeah, Apocalypse Now is where they just let him just deteriorate in a room for like. Yeah, they, like, but they actually got him drunk. <laughs> yeah. And they're like. And the stuff where he actually, like, I think, breaks the mirror and looks at, like, that's actually him doing that in re- that wasn't acting. That was just him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great. That's what we wanted. We wanted the real stuff. And that's what yeah. it looks like when someone freaks out and trashes a room, you know? Yeah. No. And so it's just like, to me, Nick Cage is one of those people. It's like, why cage the dolphin just let him jump free and wild in the ocean it's gonna be weird but it's it's wonderful to watch so i guess my final thoughts is a couple more scenes that i thought were great and hilarious um one where like there's like a fat blonde guy in the movie who like none of the cult likes and so they pretty much sacrifice him to the um demons <laughs> after they play the horn of the braxes so we see these demons come and be like super cool and they just drag off this blonde kid for no reason <laughs> they didn't like it it was just so funny and i like the, the satisfying end where the cult leader who's like been thinking he's got this entire time just like breaks down. It's like, I'll give you whatever you want. Like, it's like, oh, oh. And excuse my language, but I'm quoting directly. But it's like, I'll suck your dick, man. Just whatever. I'll suck your dick. It's well, so that's funny. Because it's, yeah, it's yeah, the it's total collapse of that masculinity. Yeah, well, he acts Once like it's this like... super masculine. And then suddenly he's like, I'll do anything, man. Yeah, it's I'm like you put an ounce man. of pressure on him and he's like, ah, 
Yeah, like this whole time. Because right before that, he's talking about how much like he's a god and how like this world was created for him and like, oh yeah, I did this because blah 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 blah. And then Nicolas Cage like gets him in a position where he's like, can kill this dude, and dude immediately freaks out, drops the facade, and just like, I'm sorry. (laughs) And it's so satisfying that scene is so satisfying because it's like yeah dude you thought you were hot but now you're not but yeah no that was i great movie we need to move on because we're yeah um i agree so cody the second movie i made you watch was the ritual that that is true that is the second one you made me watch because you made me watch as darko which we'll get to in a second um the the ritual so here's why I recommended the ritual is one because cinematography wise, I th- thought it did a very good job at create like creating senses of dread throughout the movie, especially with things dealing with the character's grief. Like um, when these things are happening, the scary things that are happening to him are not um, being chased by a monster, but it's remembering these moments of regret grief sadness all this stuff where so at the beginning of the movie um he's in pretty much a like a store robbery situation and his friend accidentally draws the attention of the robbers and then ends up getting killed and he sits there and doesn't do anything because he's too scared to like stand for a friend or do anything in that situation and that eats away at the character the entire movie. And like I said, it's like the, the, the big thing about that whole thing is they build it up that it's such a huge thing to him that when all the horror stuff starts happening, yes, that's scary, but the scary thing to him throughout the movie is more of that moment, the wor- probably the worst day of his life when he did nothing and his friend was killed in front of him. And I, I, I liked the movie a lot because it dealt with all those feelings not separately from the horror that was happening but combined with the horror that was happening and i think that moments like that those moments of trauma are the moments that stick with you the moments that mean something to you not like these like little things like oh yeah we're out in the woods and we're lost that's not the thing that was bothering it's like the thing that like even after we're trying to honor our friend I've messed up again type of thing and got us lost. And I, and I don't know. I, I thought it was really well done. I thought like as you get deeper and deeper into it, the lore with the monster was really cool and how it was um like a false god as one of Loki's sons, like bastard sons. And the monster design was awesome where it was like this weird effed up deer thing with like a dead body um dead corpse as a head that was splayed in a specific way which was also like an image that you see throughout with the altars that are created in this thing i i liked the moments i always love a horror movie that like messes with time where they're in this forest and they're like oh it should be um day or nighttime or daytime by now and they look at their watches and it's nighttime and then they look at the sky and it's still sunny or they look at their watches and it's morning and they look at the sky and it's dark. And I like that where they mess with times like how long have we actually been in here? And um, the whole sense of like um, this dread with being lost in a place you're unfamiliar with was like something that I thought was interesting. And one of the like scenes that I thought stood out in this horror movie is 
where they go to the cabin for shelter to sleep and they wake up and the one dude doesn't know why or how, but he's standing in front of this altar praising this God and he wakes up like that, like, what is happening? And I thought that was a really like freaky moment. I think that they just did a good job at creating these like moments of dread of like, what is going on? And I, I really liked it. I thought it stood out to me as just one of like the more well done horror movies that I've seen recently. Now let's hear you're completely just like, I didn't care about this take, please. <laughs> um i love that you look i watched the wrong movies what i'm expecting that'd be so funny it's like i didn't watch any of that no i did watch the right movie i well no you know i did because yeah. you're like oh how'd you feel about the movie and i'm like it had british people in it. british people and they were in sweden. sweden that's all you said to me yeah yeah I, I was like messaging my friends i was like i just if there's one thing i love it's trolling jordan with this Constantly stuff I'm like, what do you think about this movie I'm like had british people in it and then i'm gonna say nothing to him about yeah, it absolutely nothing <laughs> and i'm like i was like i try, i pushed for information it's like yeah it had british people in it <laughs> i and? also said it was in sweet it was in sweet it was like and he was like yeah that's about it so i will start with the things i liked about it right so positives yeah um, my biggest standout positive is that a lot of times horror movie, like I feel like monster movies have this insurmountable challenge of at first you have to not show the monster yeah. or only show it a little bit, yeah. right? You can't just show the entire monster right away in broad daylight and expect it to stay scary. You know, you can start to see the zippers really easily if you do that. Yeah. Or the CG now, you know, it's like, oh, I can see the wires or I can see that this is computer generated and it looks kind of hokey. So, you know, you shoot it in shadow. You have just like an arm. You do little things. So you're never really getting full sight of the monster. I liked that the monster itself kind of was basically like a Dementor where it would like conjure up these images to chase people through like as a distraction or as you don't really know why it's doing it exactly because it is, isn't always necessarily a hundred percent to its advantage, but just like being around it, like makes people relive horror or distracts them or, you know, makes them do something. Right. And then I also like that the lore, I almost, I like it because the lore is so unclear. Like the Swedish people are like, it's a son of Loki, like, or it's a scary deer. And you called it the son of Loki, but what? Here's the sound I hear from outside my apartment. (laughs) Is what I hear from outside my apartment. I'm sorry. Oh, you're listening to someone vomit in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? Okay, anyway, sorry. That's the sound of someone that got home from drunk driving. That's not a good sound (laughs) to hear in a parking lot. It's only eight o'clock here, so I don't know why that's happening. Anyways, I'm going to actually, can I go make sure my door's locked? I'll be right back. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that, that's not a sound I, I wanted to I hear. Just, I just watched like, someone else walk into the room and be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Full disclosure, audience. I had to make sure my door was locked. Anyways, go on. So, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no facts there. Like, these are, you know, people that have a faith that they're applying to this creature. You don't know if that's true. <laughs> Like, you assume it is, but it at no point behaves like a deity that wants to be worshipped. It wants food, and these people give it food. It's basically like a cat 
that you feed and it keeps showing up for food or you're just in its territory and it's like i only need to eat so much so whatever and it kind of um, acts like a cat too to a point i like how not human its motivations yes. are it, it never is like oh it wants a family or it needs followers and you never it's just a creepy predator that that chases people and eats them um and so i i liked how uh i like when a monster is not humanized at all yeah. like humans might decide like oh it has this motivation or oh it this is like kind of why i don't like what they do with godzilla when they're like it needs to be the alpha or it's yeah. like it's better when you don't know why godzilla is trashing the city it's just what godzilla does and that's terrifying that this thing could exist in spite of humanity that is it's why I joke when I kind of joke am afraid of sea monsters. Why why the concept of a sea monster freaks me out is that it is something so large it could kill me without caring that it's killing me. Yeah. That like freaks me out more ass. than a lion. <laughs> like if a lion's trying to kill me, I'm like, I get it, I'm food. If a whale kills me because it moves its tail, I don't even matter. It's not that it wanted to eat me, it's that it is just it did it because it doesn't care that I exist. That freaks me out. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about this thing is it's like, I don't know that it cares that these things, these people worship it and make these little totems and shrines. It just creates horror in its prey, like fear in its prey and then eats it. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's a good, that's a good monster. But when they did finally show it, they actually made a really cool looking monster. Yeah. And it's <laughs> which a very is impressive. unique looking monster too. Yeah. Like the big antlers and the like floppy half human yeah. hands that <laughs> it actually uses to out. grab people yeah and it try it like tries to make him like just like bow to it too it's just like like no you sit you sit right here hey sit that's what everybody else does sit why won't you sit <laughs> yeah well so okay and um i thought that i want to get to a part that i don't like or it's not i want to say that i don't like it i i generally liked this movie yes. um there's just like one thing i was like a little bit shaky on um, but so, yeah. Okay. Other things that I liked, I thought it was really well acted. The characters, um, with a short amount of time, they did really good characterization where you kind of like see who all these different people are really quickly and easily. And they're all very distinct and have their own personalities and everything that they bring to this. And I liked that how much. You had a very little time to get to know these people, and they did a good job of setting everyone up, considering it is a pretty large cast. Yeah. So by the time they were starting to kill people, you, like, felt every death because they were, like, an essential part of the group. Even the guy that gets killed in the liquor store. Yeah. Like, essential part of the thing, right? Um, Like, the first guy that dies in the forest is, like, the linchpin friend, which I thought was really clever. That the main character kind of wasn't the main character of the group. Yeah. Like, that guy that dies was the leader. He had the compass. He had the map. He was the one keeping everyone going. The guy that gets left, the, the people that get left are all the B-listers, you know? And they're the ones that have to try to make it out. Um, so I actually kind of liked that, that they killed the character that's like, come on, guys, like, we'll work it out. It'll be okay. Like, let's keep going. And they kill that guy. And then it's just everyone hates it. Well, and then there's, like, kind of a... A dude who's just like, I don't know, I just feel a freeze. He's like, he cracks, right? Yeah. He, The uh, dude in the purple jacket. Uh, also, they gave all of them very distinct colored clothes, yes. which was really smart <laughs> because otherwise you lose track. Like the dude that died first was in like a, a black jacket. He gets killed first. And then the, uh, I think the main character's jacket was kind of like 
tan but he had a scarf yeah. and then like the other guy was in like khaki and there's the one dude in the purple that was really clever so you could at a glance in the woods without seeing their face you could tell who was who <laughs> you know yeah, that's great um so that was all really cleverly done and i liked the dynamics that were left that you know you're left with this like dumpy guy with a broken leg and the dude that's already broke yeah. that's the group in as soon as the monster starts killing them, you know, it's B list immediately. Um, and they're having to try to, and he's having to try to drag those two guys through the forest, you know? Um, so now I want to get to the part that I both did and didn't like. So having a theme, having like a through line in a horror movie, I think is really important, yes, right? Absolutely. Set up and pay off with that. How it relates, I think is really important. Like in Mandy, it's the difference of the scene of the guy being like, I'm a wonderful celestial being to I'll suck your dick. Just don't kill me. Right. Like that's the theme through life. That's the arc for what this is about. How masculinity wants to present itself, how it wants to be seen, how it needs to be seen. Blow on it a little bit. This is what it becomes, you know, like that's, that's the movie. Right. So in this one, you know, it sets up that the main character is kind of a coward, Yes. Um, and I say that in an almost non-judgy way where Absolutely. he's smart, like he sees a break in happening and he's just like, and I hide. And his friends just standing there like, what are you doing? Like, hide. And then he, you know, gets seen and uh, tries to get robbed. What I liked about that scene was it's not really clear, like, right. He doesn't do anything and his friend gets killed. But his friend didn't need to die. Like, he he didn't want to give a guy his wedding ring, yeah. which, like, yeah, okay, sure, that matters, but does it? It's a wedding ring? I like, is this really important? Your wife would be more upset that you died than that you lost your wedding ring from a dude who robbed you, because also the cops can catch that. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, this guy decided to dig in his heels and be suicidal, and, well, that happened. And it's like, well... Yeah, it really wasn't the main character's fault, but you can tell everyone kind of blamed him for it. Yeah. So I liked that the messaging going forward was like kind of confusing where it's like both he was a coward and he didn't save his friend, but also he really at some point shouldn't have like he didn't get killed. Yeah, I mean, but that's sometimes what you have to do. Like the friend should have given him the ring instead of risking his friend's life, you know? But that's not what happened, you know. Um, but then throughout the movie, you kind of expect to see like a similar scenario play out. Right. Mm -hmm. And they kind of have that. Right. Because all of his friends die except for one. It's the friend he doesn't like. He's already wounded. You know, he's not going to make it. Right. Yeah. And they get captured together and he's like, look, I'm not going to let you die. I have to save one of my friends. Like he's hates himself the whole movie because he didn't save a friend. This is his chance to save a friend. And then he doesn't. True. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So like he burns down the village of like the cult that worships this monster and kind of kills a bunch of them. And finally like does that, but it's just to save his own skin. Yeah. And then he runs and then at the end he, he doesn't kill the monster, he runs away. He just like gets out and runs. And I'm like, I don't really know that that white feels like it wraps the present up and gives it to me. The end it doesn't feel like it quite pays off the theme that it's set up. Like I can tell it tried to because he like 
fights back against the cult and doesn't worship the thing and then runs off and like beats the monster and screams and it's like that kind of works i guess that it's like maybe you know that is like him rejecting this idea that he shouldn't save himself when the opportunity presents itself and that like it isn't cowardice to not stop your friend from killing himself out of his own stupidity like which is what happened not to all of his friends that were killed by the monster but that was just as out of his control maybe that's kind of what it's supposed to be it's like all of these deaths are just as out of his control as his friend but ultimately this time he acted but then like the i guess to me the reality of the situation is he didn't have a thing to get over like he didn't do something wrong in that scene so it's kind of i don't know that's where like the theming doesn't quite like land for me i just feel like i'm missing something you know yeah. and i get you and i i think that it's more at least to me in the way i saw it was like it was him i guess getting i don't know because I, I i think i think you state a valid point that like he, he didn't have a moment where like at the end he like at the end he like yeah he saves his friends and now he's like okay well i this time i act and i say but i think it's more getting the courage to move when everything else tells you just to be afraid and he does and he breaks out and he is able to fight back against these people and this thing that are chasing him and while he doesn't save his friend he finally does an action where he's not just tucking his tail like he was throughout the entire movie and so i see like that to me that's there but i get the more i guess the thing that would have been more on brand for the movie would have been him saving his friend but I, 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 I liked that whole, like, okay, no, I am going to survive, and I'm going to fight back this time. I think the problem is they went too nebulous on both ends. True. Like, if in the liquor store robbery, he hid, like, he saw, like, if his friend was looking at him, I think this was kind of how it was framed, right? So imagine we're in the liquor store looking at each other. I can see over your shoulder, yeah. and I can see the robbery start to happen. And I hide and don't say anything to you. And then you, because you were looking the other way, don't see the robbery happen, right? And then if his friend had given him the the wedding ring and they still, like, went to hit him, that to me would be, okay, like, there was nothing his friend could have done. He didn't, he was too self-absorbed to warn his friend to be like, hey, grab his friend and be like, we need to hide. You know, he just acted to save himself in that moment and then didn't help his friend. That would have set up better the end of the movie, but it would have made him a more despicable character. Yeah, I agree. And then at the end of the movie, if he had like sacrificed himself to save his friend that has like a, a messed up leg, that to me would have made more sense as like bringing it full circle. Like, yeah, ultimately he would have maybe died trying to save his friend, but it's like, that's worth that. It's worth the sacrifice, right? It's worth not living with that guilt so that you can try to get your friend out of there, especially the way they've set it up. I think he's single and his friend is like a family man. They like draw attention to that throughout the movie. So it's like, okay, like he has more responsibility. He has a family. I don't, I've been carrying around all this guilt about not saving my friend. So I'll, I'll take the bullet for him. Right. This guy that doesn't like him, that's been a dick to him the whole movie, but who is a good guy. Like, he's not a bad person. He's just doesn't. They just had a falling out, you know, and that kind of like to me would have brought it more full circle or go the other route and have him kill the monster. Right. Like, get out and be like, 
just stab the monster in the head and it works, <laughs> you know, a different, a different tone of movie then. But, you know, I mean, that's basically the end of uh, Get Out, right? Yeah, <laughs> he no. just kills his way out of the problem, you know? Uh, I, I, I liked how it was all together. And like I said, I and here's kind of my final statements before we go in. But like, if you're good with being done here, but like, I... I might have a few. Uh, I, I yeah, liked the horror that was presented. I felt like it was less jump scary and more like creating situations that were very scary. Like th- that thing where the dude wakes up in the shack and is just praising the statue. And he does not know how or why or what he's even doing or saying. And that was just, that was cool. That was very well done. I think one of the cooler scenes in the whole thing, and I just like watched a clip, a uh, gif of it recently well, like literally 20 seconds ago, is where you see the monster, like he's like, has, like Cody said, has like a little bit of a human body kind of hanging down with gross arms. And it's like this weird, like antlers, deer skulls made with other arms. But you see it like lift up a little bit in the way that the arms move, forms like this terrifying deer head for just one second, like fully formed deer head where like the blank spaces are the horrifying eyes and like the hands formed the, like part of the jaw. That was so cool. And I think the monsters is so cool. And like, like I said, one of the more unique monsters that I've seen in just a blanket horror movie. And I think that like thought was put behind that. And like, yeah, th- I th- thought was put behind and it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, here's like this like bloody demon looking thing. No, no, no. Here is this like really cool design where it's supposed to be like this horror deer monstrosity. And but it is made up of like part of a human body. And I just thought that was like a really cool design. I like I like things that deal with trauma and grief. And I think that, like, it was a cool thing to, like, weave that throughout the horror movie. And I I, I like the through line. I thought the through line plot, because a lot of horror movies, and we'll never, probably never talk about these, but a lot of horror movies just, like, make something scary just to be scary. And there's not, like, a through line. There's not, like, a meaning to it. It's just like, hey, look at these people get killed in the woods. Yay! Well, or the meaning is don't have premarital sex. Yeah. Yeah, don't That's don't it. have sex ever because you will get murdered during it. <laughs> it's like that that that's the absence right there. Yeah. Don't have sex because like not because you're gonna get someone pregnant. No, because you're going to get murdered in the middle of it. Yeah, because you'll get Jason. Yeah, Borges you'll get sleeping bags. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my a positive I should have brought attention to that you just said was the ambiance was fantastic. Yeah. And that was a lot of the horror. I liked the scene where he climbs up a ridge and he's just like looking through this kind mm-hmm. of it's not like a clearing but it's you know higher branch trees and you can see a little bit further and then it's like he sees like a distortion and then just sees like an arm and he's like oh yeah. you know and just runs off Gosh, you know because so cool. that is like that's what you don't want to see is something just moved like no and something <laughs> you know just moved that you can't explain yeah in a way that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like it moved behind a tree, but the tree was too narrow for it to move behind. Yeah. You know, why it's would like, something that big be able to do that? It's like, hold on. Sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, when they start following the path and they just find more creepy houses and they're like, we're not going in that creepy house. <laughs> not again. No more creepy house, you know? Uh, that's fun. So there were all those little, all the, the buildup, that slow dread they did do a very good job of. And then, yeah, weaving in, 
all these the the presence of the creature causing them to kind of like have visions and hallucinate and, and do things that, that like anxiety do. becomes like this miasma of this creature being around them which i also liked closing thoughts are it was really well done there's just a, a few of the larger metaphors or the larger theming i don't know if it full circles 100 percent to me but i really liked it i thought it was a very good movie i agree I, I i'm glad that you liked it i'm glad that you were just messing with me about the other stuff and that like you did get something out of this movie more than british people in sweden because like i thought you were gonna come at me with like oh yeah this is horrible why did you make me watch this thing like the next movie that we're about to talk about which again <laughs> i was joking when i suggested this but the next movie we watched was called s darko and if that sounds even remotely um, familiar to you, because it's the sequel to a movie that shouldn't have a sequel, Donnie Darko. Yeah. Here's the thing that I will say. I mentioned this because I have heard S. Darko about S. Darko many times before, and I was interested in it because, like, what could you do with the Donnie Darko sequel, uh, movie sequel? And... I like read like some things that happened. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I watched the trailer and I'm like, oh no. Oh, this looks like it was shot on a handy cam. Um, and I think it was. <laughs> it's like, and yeah, that's the some thing. of that. But I'll say is not their fault, but yeah. But the thing a little bit. I will say, and here's the only good I will say about this before we tear this movie apart, is that I think that it had a handful of really good ideas, really cool imagery, really like interesting moments. Now, what it also had were thousands upon thousands of other bad moments. But so like, again, get the good out first. What I liked is like that whole scene where the main character as Samantha Darka, she dies in a car accident, which that car accident shouldn't have happened the way it happened because the car that was let loose literally makes a right turn when it had no one steering it. Oh, anyways. But I, she dies in a car accident and her friend who had been pretty crappy to her the entire t like time in the movie, she feels grief of that and like, gets the opportunity to go back in time and basically sacrifice herself so her friend could live. And that was a really interesting thing. And I thought, like, a cool way they could have kept going with that is then have S. Darko so upset that that happened that she also tries to go back in time to help her friend and they, like, end up in a loop of trying. That would have been a cool moment. So that was a cool thing. I think um, Samantha Darko's weird apparition form that kept, like, telling the one guy to do, which made no sense... I think like having that whole imagery of her like late in the future dead but coming back to basically tell this guy these cryptic messages, I thought that was a really cool way to like drive the story. That was interesting. And um what else? Nothing else. There's nothing else in this movie that's interesting. There's nothing else that exists in this movie that's interesting, Cuddy. What do you think before you go into it? I um I hate everything that this movie represents. Um, what do you mean by that? Because I know what I would mean if I said that, but what do you mean, dude? So, it is thoroughly uninspired to take an exit. Okay, so first of all, Donnie Darko isn't that good. It's okay. It's, I was, it's interesting, and it like has an interesting setup, interesting, th interesting things that happen. 
I wouldn't say it's the best movie. I wouldn't say it's like, because there are people that I know who are like, this is the best thing I've ever watched. Everybody needs to watch Donnie Darko. I wouldn't even put it on that level. I say it's an interesting movie. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say this. Okay. I, I don't know those friends, so they don't matter to I me. I know, Cody. Go ahead. And I question if they're that intelligent. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, go on. I'm, Cody, just... I'm just going to throw this out there. Audience, if you're sitting at home going, I think Donnie Darko is the best movie ever, I think you are wrong. Okay? I'm just going to say it. I don't think it's that good of a movie. Here's why. Okay? It has moments that are going to feel good as an angsty teen. Yeah, and that's exactly what he I gets, mean. Yes. <laughs> he gets to tell a motivational speaker that he's the Antichrist. We've all sat through bad... Uh, con- what, did you call- what did you call him? Um, at my Christian school, assemblies, assemblies chapel, we, whatever we like, it was all sorts of things. Well, I'm not talking about chapel, Jordan. I'm talking when you have fake motivational speakers come and tell you not to do drugs oh, or whatever. Church, we did that in chapel, but yeah, assemblies. Um, oh, yeah, we called them chapels. Did you go to a Christian school in high school? Um, we don't need to get into it, but from fourth grade through ninth grade, I went to a Christian school. Yes. Oh, okay. So, anyways, I had tons of assemblies. They're really popular in public schools. I think because it's a thing to break up the monotony. Yeah, we would. And have uh, no one has I to, went to do public much. school, tenth grade through like, yeah. But anyways, like I had assemblies, Cody. <laughs> I, I my point is, I understand that scene. Right, makes yeah. sense. The 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 he's like an outsider. He's weird, but he's sensitive. It's like okay, I get it. And everyone like eats him alive for it, mm-hmm. right? But like the. <laughs> The moral of the story is like your existence can only make the world worse. Yes. So let yourself die to save someone whose death was not even your fault. Like that is stupid and doesn't make sense. He didn't kill his girlfriend. It wasn't through his own inaction that his girlfriend dies. It wasn't through his own sin that his girlfriend dies. She got hit by a car that he was not driving she should have not walked out into the road. Like, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? You can't stand in the middle of the road. That's that's a mistake. Didn't you know? She, didn't she fall into the middle of the road and then get run over? Yeah, but you know what I yeah, mean, though? Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. like, those guys were probably drunk that were driving the car, which I think is why he shot the rabbit. I don't know. The end of the movie made no sense. It it tried to, but it, it didn't. Um, There's a million ways for self-sacrifice to be justified. It found none of them. So then S. Darko went, oh, that was already a mediocre movie. Let's just do another loop and call it good. Like, are you going to add anything interesting to this? And they're like, no. In fact, we're going to do all the same stuff. We'll, we'll get to it in a second. But yeah, the thing that made me the angriest about the movie is what you just said. But keep, keep going. Yeah, it's like, well, there's kind of this crazy old lady that knows about the time loops. And they're like, okay, what if there's a crazy vet that knows about it like really that's what that's what you want that character to be like okay cool i guess ptsd is well, funny the person in the community who's supposed to be like the like great person that everybody looks up to he's actually a creep and probably a murderer that's another thing and that's exactly yeah, what like was done in the first exactly movie. the same thing that was done in the first thing and it's like look at all these people they're fake and it's like in the first movie it is like kind of you feel those things in high school, yes. you know, like, oh, this teacher's fake or oh, this person's kind of a phony. But when it's like a whole town and everyone that the, they run into, they're like, God's not real. And I'm edgy. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't have wanted to have been friends with you in high school. Come on. Like, you can't say that to every person you meet. All right. It's just annoying now. You're just a pain to talk to. So 
like even Donnie Darko was kind of like for you know like an edgy sad boy was kind of like a uh, an aspirational character you know like I want to be able to talk like he does he tells it how it is he's like you suck to people that suck these people are just like you suck to everybody even even that wasn't the point even worse though cody is like donnie darko was like an edgy sad boy movie made in 2001 right yeah s darko was an edgy sad boy movie made in 2008 sorry 2009 it was made in 2009 and it's just like it was not it did not fit into the tone of anything that was happening at the time. And to make it even worse is like Donnie Darko had interesting characters who had interesting, um, they, they had personalities and like more than just like, like no character was one. No, like Drew Barrymore's character was a very like interesting. Like she's the teacher who wants to help him, but then like is watching all these things yeah. fall apart around her. Now in S Darko, Corey, the best friend girl in the movie, her only personality trait is fully aggressive. The entire movie, everything <laughs> she says and everything she does to um and says around S. Darko is fully aggressive. Like the guy, this like nerd guy comes down and sits down and starts talking to him at the diner. She immediately calls him gay and is like, oh yeah, well, because you have a gay name. It's just like so horrible to him. Completely unprompted. Then later, S. Dark, uh, Samantha Dargo comes up to her like they're at a pool party and she says something to her and immediately just like starts saying mean stuff and and then um, Samantha turns around and she just jumps down and pushes her into the pool for no reason and it's just like what? <laughs> like your character is just full on aggressive and then she has this whole thing where she's sad that um, S dies so she does her best to like go back to like fix things and she's like sad and she's like trying to make it right and like that was an interesting moment for her character then when she sees s again she's immediately aggressive for no reason before she's just like yeah actually i'm sorry and it's just like you can't just have one personality trait for your character the entire time and the whole and i'll get into it later but the whole like um war vet character that they did as the guy who sees the time like lines in all of that what was his they never truly explained his deal other than his personality trait is to be weird and mysterious and you never got to a point yeah. of why he was weird and mysterious maybe it was because he was warped but never nothing ever got solved with that period the end and i mean that's kind of true for like this is sort of my complaint with uh you know s darko or donnie darko as well rather is d that darko. it feels like huh? I, I just said d darko to be funny anyways yeah d darko <laughs> um yeah from now on these movies will be called sadarko sadarko <laughs> Darko. okay we're, we're good let's do it um so an issue that i had with d darko is how much it didn't nail the landing on what any of this was actually supposed to mean or be about and this movie's like what if we found what if we came to less of a conclusion like, well, you would be a terrible movie then. Like, well, I don't know. What do you want? Like, this is a... Sorry, go on. Um, and yeah, the, like, veteran guy was for sure probably the worst of this. Where, like, I guess he was the one that initially got hit by, like, the thing falling from the sky. So... He 
that's why Dude, he could see all this stuff. Oh, but I'm he's like, supposed I to thought get it was that it was following. I thought it was following Sadarko, not that he mattered. So did her showing up to town make the thing fall out of the... And also, I guess at the end of the day, like, he just deserves to die because he's weird. Like, he's like, okay, pulling it back a little bit, that guy's character is the one that needs to have an arc within the town, right? The whole town hates him because he's weird, because he's obviously got some kind of trauma from war. He feels guilty about the things that he's done. And we're not even going to get into whether or not that's justified or right, whatever. Within the context of the story, he's a good person. He does nothing wrong ever. He only tries to help, right? And at the end of it, they're just like, no, he just got to die. And he has to accept that. Like, wow. And then the whole town just goes back to normal with like. But this was kind of the issue with Donnie Darko. It's like Donnie Darko didn't need to die for the story to make sense. I don't know. And here's the thing, and here's why I, I mentioned like being this being something that made me so mad is that in Donnie Darko, he sacrifices himself, and then things go back to normal, even though like some things get fixed that shouldn't have been fixed. But but um, Donnie Darko is the main character, and you follow him throughout this whole movie. You see his motivations, you see these things happening to him, and then you get why he would feel like these things happening are his fault. You understand that and you kind of get that he's like, oh, he stays in bed because he blames himself for everything that happens. Whether or not that is true or not, he does. Now, as yeah. uh, sorry, Sudarko, in that movie, um, it follows a main character, Sudarko. It doesn't follow the character Jack. It literally is yeah. so when that happens, when they literally just do the ending of Donnie Darko again, where in this instead, like, so at the beginning of the movie, he steps down from the um, water, t- uh, sorry, the windmill, and then a meteor hits it. Instead of stepping down at the very end, he sits in place and the meteor hits it and he dies. And that was like his sacrifice to make everything right again. But we, he's in the movie for like maybe a third at the very most of the movie. And you know about his character and his motivations for even less than that. Half of the time you see him, he's like just doing things like picking through trash or like making the rabbit mask or getting instructions from the apparition. But he doesn't really talk. You don't really know about him. He is not a character that you come to care about because he's just an image almost because he has no other personality. So when that happens and he stays in place at the end of the movie and then dies... That is not deserved at all because why? Why do we care about this? We don't because they didn't make us care about it. They said at the very end we should care about this guy, but yet they never gave us evidence or reasons to care about him. And that's why it sucked. <laughs> not not yeah, the whole movie. I, that's not the whole reason the movie sucked. That's why that ending sucked. And so another... There's like a, and there's like a handful of threads throughout this freaking movie where they don't tie it up and they do that in order to make it more mysterious and seem like oh what the heck is going on here and they they do that but they never tie it up and they never try to make sense of these like the like weird Christian lady who has this whole weird monologue about how she believes in the true Jesus who shoots lightning bolts out of his eyes and this whole weird monologue. And then they have the whole thread of the nerd character who gets the meteor first. And I guess he injects himself with it or something, but he's starting to have like these 
patches of dead flesh across like he's basically turning into a zombie in the movie and then like has this moment of like taking Sadarko out to like the hill and then he freaks out on her because he thinks he deserves her body or something but they never try to make a true point of like toxic masculinity and toxic relationships with that they just make him a weird nerd and they never explain what's going on with him his skin and all of that they're just like look how mysterious we can be and then there is another <laughs> thread in this movie about missing children who are connected to one of the characters um, one of the characters, his brother is a missing kid who's like ends up being dead at like in that timeline. And honestly, I just thought of this now. If they had that character be the one who stays in place and dies to sac like sacrifice himself for the town, that would have been so much more sense than the other guy. Because he was an actual character yeah. who was realized throughout the whole thing. And you see his kind of thing where he's like, oh yeah, this is my brother. I wish I could get him back. I wish I did something for him and knew what happened. So we have an interesting character, but they also don't do much with him either. And also the weirdest thing in this movie was like, say, hey, um, so my brother is missing and probably dead. Want to go see his room? And then takes her up to the room. It's like, now don't touch anything, but definitely sit on the bed. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, like I was not blown away with Donnie Darko to begin with. And then it's like just doubled down on all the stuff that made it bad and just copied all the stuff that it didn't understand why the things that were good about Donnie Darko were good about Donnie Darko. Yeah. Like not at all. An interesting thing with Donnie Darko and his character is that you kind of, he is an empathetic and compassionate person. Generally, he's not cruel. He's not mean, but he's just kind of going with the yeah, flow and you can see like this suburban misery eating itself. Yes. Right. And that, he feels dejected by that. This yeah. is like late nineties, early two thousand bog standard, right? Eh, my parents are in a weird marriage and my school doesn't understand me. And it's all fake and everyone's phony. And everyone's cruel. And then, you know, he has a good relationship. The people that he calls out, the reason the times that he is cruel are to people that deserve it. Yes. That's why you like, like the character. The that's the, that's why everyone that loves movie. this movie. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone has that moment where they feel like they want to be able to stand up and tell someone, like, yeah, I actually think you're the Antichrist. Like, you're evil. What you do is bad, and what you stand for is bad. That's, like, a thing that everyone feels at some point, and this movie just, like, doesn't get that. So they just have everyone be a jerk all the time, and I'm like, that wasn't the point of him. He, he did sacrifice himself to save the girl's life because he thought that was the only way it could happen, yeah. and he felt responsible, yes. which ultimately is a dumb message, but... But it makes sense for the character. Of the, it makes sense for the character, and it does kind of narratively work. I don't got into why I don't like Donnie Darko. We already talked yeah. about it. Or Tadarko. Sadarko. But in this I'll movie, yeah, it doesn't even make sense. I'm like, this guy didn't feel responsible for any of this. Like, but neither did Sadarko, because, like, if anything, the, like, creepy guy that gets the meteorite should kill himself, because he does actually suck and kill her. But, but the whole his whole storyline doesn't make sense the whole thing of like i got the no. media and now like he gets this weird like growth on his arm and also really quick about the growth on his arm he has this thing and he's trying to hide it so he's wearing short sleeves and he keeps his arm bent so the his short sleeves cover it 
why don't you wear long sleeves? Well, and also, also by the way, that guy is uh, Jasper from Twilight. No way. Everyone needs to know. No everyone needs way. to know. Like, they give Jasper from Twilight a mop of terrible looking, like, dark hair, big thick glasses, and make him, like, stand like a nerd with, like, a pocket protector and a tie. It's Jasper from Twilight. No, no way. Which would also make him, uh, I think it within the movie they call her Ashoka's uh, brother in Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh. And also is Jasper from Twilight. So just, wow, he's in a, just this, so you know. This dude has been in a lot of stuff. That, I mean, it's all mediocre, but like, well, okay, he was in Twilight first and then in as Darko. He was in Twilight first. And what? then he did <laughs> S Darko. Kidding? Or it could, it could have been he was in S Darko first and then it came out later because it was also straight to DVD. So it could have just been lingering oh, longer. But yeah, still. Maybe. But his credit for Twilight is first. So he was in yeah. a very, like, regardless of how you feel about Twilight, very successful movie. And then he did S Darko. Yeah, you figure at that point you got enough Benjamins to go, we want to do Sadarko, and you go, no. no. So, I, yeah, I, I think fact, it was we want you to be first. a pervert. To be, I'm going to look when was Sadarko filmed. <laughs> that's tragic. <laughs> it's just, that's so. Man, he must have needed money or something. Who decides to do Sadarko? Oh, they were filmed around the same time. I wonder if he got cast in Sadarko first and then got his butt, got his big break. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Because yeah, because Jasper's like a hot boy character, right? Like that's a thirsty character. Yeah. And also, regardless of how you feel about um, Twilight, it is an extremely successful movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, regardless of how you feel about Jasper, he 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 was a he. He was a Confederate soldier, so just mm, let that yes. sink in for who But he I mean, is. also, the other dude was basically a rapist, so, like, whatever. Which other dude? The Sadarko Sidarko character. Oh, yeah, Sadarko character yeah. was basically yeah, right? a rapist, so. Which is stupid for Donnie Darko, because if Donnie Dark, if Darko was ever going to have a character that was, like, kind of a good guy, he would be the soft-spoken nerd. Yeah. Instead, they're just like, no, he's actually a rapist. I'm like, the point of Darko is you do have good teachers you do have good people and the world throws them aside for people that talk a big game and are ultimately hollow and vapid and perverts right but all of the meek people are good that's why that teacher is a good person that's what both of them the married couple teachers that one of them gets fired there was only one good character other than like her friend like she was a jerk but like she wasn't bad her friends suck she was she wasn't bad (laughs) but like the only good character like was the diner lady and then like the sad boy who was like kind of her friend and supposed to be like fixing the car or whatever like those were the only like like he was a like good good he was a mess that's what cody that's the point is what i'm saying the only good people other than the diner lady literally did nothing, but the only good people were still messes in this movie. No, oh, well, also Vietnam Stan was okay. Like, Not Vietnam Stan, him, it was, it, it was, was so Iraq offensive. Jack. Yeah, it was so offensive. They called him Iraq Jack. That was so offensive. Yeah. Great. That's so, is that really what we want to be doing with that character? The way that they treat it and called him, it's like, is that really what we want to be doing this with this character? And well, also, what's weird never got to come, like, never had a moment where, like, he is truly a hero other than when he dies at the end. But no one gets to see it because they just wanted to do Dottie Darko again. 
What's weird about that character, and maybe, and then know, at the end, when like, after he dies, like the cop at the beginning who was like the whole time, like, oh, this guy's horrible. At the moment, was like, hey, a man died, respect him thing. At the very end, and I'm like, yeah, what? Like, why would you even? What are you do talking this? about? That's completely against your character. Also, cop always wearing shorts in the movie, and most of the other characters are wearing pants. It doesn't make sense. Well, okay, so I want I want to get back. Sorry, to go, this. go, please. I'm just so mad the, at this movie. You know, the the Iraq veteran, which, okay, so I think within the context of the movie, right? So it was filmed around 2009, yeah, 2008. but I believe in the story, it took place after or during Desert Storm, right? After, which is like after, 90s. Yeah. yeah. 80s, 90s? When was Desert Storm? I don't know, but I'm going to look up when this movie, when does... I'm so, Donnie Darker because no one knows what S Darker takes place, but it's... The reason that I think that matters is like... So, Desert Storm was a much smaller conflict and did not last nearly as long, right? Because I think that's what the sheriff says. He's like, eh, you know, I'm in favor okay, of Desert yeah, so, Storm. Yeah, so but... sorry. I'm so sorry I'm interrupting you. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. You're so, fine. Um, it takes place in 1995 because Donnie Darko takes place in 1988, seven years later, 1995. And so, it is, yeah, right after Desert Storm. Well, he's from Desert Storm because Desert Storm ended in 1991. And so... Oh, okay. Yeah. So then this is what gets weird about that is like, okay, so I wasn't alive during Desert Storm. I don't know what the public opinion was, but they're very much treating this like a person who would have been like coming back from Vietnam, yes. right? Like, oh, we have all of these like wounded veterans coming back now. Now we have to deal with them. Like the sheriff's complaining about that out loud. And I'm like, so when this movie was filmed, was the mindset of because like now we had been in like conflicts in the middle east long enough because like since 2001 now 2009 it's like so the mindset of this director was like this is like what he wants to write about because it's clearly not about a desert it's it's about like an iraqi war veteran not about desert storm because you know he's just writing about now but setting it in 1995 you know what i mean um so I'm just like I don't understand the point he's trying to make with this character or what his sentiment. I don't was think he understands with the, the character point he's trying to make with that character. Because yeah, everyone was awful to him, but then he never had a redemptive moment, and the characters never learned to be different. But they were very awful to him, like cartoonishly. Like I don't think he's saying like this is how we should treat these people, but I'm like, you're not really saying not to either. Like he doesn't have a moment to be like welcomed and loved by his community now. So I just didn't get what the point of it was. It was just a weird, poorly thought out character to have. It, and But the thing is, even more, is he doesn't really do anything in that movie that makes any sense and that makes you care about him. And yet he gets a, like, ending that, like, is supposed to be, like, the heroic ending. Also, I, I gotta, I got I gotta, like... I got to talk about this. And like, as someone who's basically a feminist at this point, um, the thing that also bugs me about the ending is that we have it, this main character, Sidarko, throughout, I, I'm sorry, well, that Sidarko is very funny. <laughs> we have this main character, Sidarko, throughout the whole movie. She is the main character. She's the main event and like the one that all this stuff is happening to. And like, we, she doesn't really know, but like in 
four days, blah, 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 the world is supposed to end. And it's all about her and how she interacts with time travel and all the things there. And so the movie is hers and it's supposed to be hers to learn from, hers to have the ending, hers to like expand upon. But what truly happens in this movie is that at the very end, the hero character, the main event, the one who ends up saving the day and making a true difference in this movie is the man. And that doesn't really make sense because that man character isn't really a character throughout the film. And so when he he gets the ending that she should have, and it's like, oh, the woman couldn't have been the one to sacrifice herself and save the day. It has to be this male character completely taking away from everything that happens to Sadarko. And the thing is, it would have been a more meaningful ending where she stays behind and dies to save everybody else because it would have been like, oh, I understand why what happened to my brother and why he died. That would have been a moment of understanding for her character and then for her to make the same choice as him being a big moment. That didn't happen because we gave the big moment in this movie to a male character who didn't matter in the overall story in the end. And it was just like one of those things like, why? Why didn't you have your female character be the hero? She was the main character. She was the one who would have made the most sense, especially since we have this backstory of her brother died in this specific way that the story that happens at the end but she had nothing to do with that she doesn't really learn anything in the movie she doesn't really change and the big moment was given to the male character and i thought that was just a weird choice to do and it kind of felt a little sexist and maybe maybe i'm overthinking it but i think it's a little i i (laughs) didn't think about that as much as you clearly have which i don't think you're wrong to think about it um, what I will say is the ending made so little sense, I didn't think anyone deserved it. Like, I don't think that ending would have made sense for Sadarko, but it certainly didn't make sense for and Jack. That's, and that's the thing is I'm watching this movie and you know what? I'm sitting here. It's like, I think this could have been a good movie. I think there are ideas and things that happen in this movie that could have created something good. If someone who actually gave a damn wrote this movie and thought through this movie this could have been a good movie but i think the person who wrote this was just trying to write donnie darko in his own way and didn't actually care about creating an interesting story and Uh, that i agree with that drove me insane because i'm sitting here it's like i really either want to write something based off this or have someone redo this movie and like make sense of it because it could have made sense yeah, I mean, I guess it could have, but I just don't and know it, if there's more to say with the the, the Dark well, that, story. Like, that's enough. Sorry to interrupt you again, but that's another thing no, that I truly notice is it's kind of the thing, the Han Solo thing, the Han Solo movie is if they stripped out all the things that like all the callbacks to Star Wars and all of the, like these. Oh, look how Star Warsy this is. Hold on, let me finish. When they sorry, as I who interrupted you is saying, let me finish. Wow um wow i'm an idiot um but yeah like if they stripped out the things where it's like oh callbacks to star wars this has to be set in star wars movie and just made a cool like space pirate space movie that to me it would have been so much better 
And I think the same thing with S. Darko. If they just made a cool, like, time loop, time, like, weird things are happening in this small town in the middle of the desert, like, story, and, like, had this whole thing where it's like, oh, this character has to, like, figure out how to stop the world from ending all this, and her friend goes back in time to save her so that she can do that. If they made that story with no attachment to Donnie Darko, I think that it could have been a really cool movie, but instead we have to make it in Donnie Darko. We have to have for no reason the dude make the rabbit mask after Frank, which doesn't make sense as how he would even know about it because she wouldn't have known about it because she would have never, ever interacted with Frank. Yeah, I don't understand why he would make that mask. Like that mask only made sense because of the rabbit at the end of the movie. She doesn't see a rabbit. Like why would he make a rabbit? Yeah, and the mask only made since because like her apparition is telling him to make it but like i said she would not have known about that because she would have never met frank yeah it's just it's it's ridiculous it's just ridiculous i i hate these things where we make these sequels and we only we only care about the original and it's not making a good movie it's making a sequel with a name and a branding on it yeah and that's why that movie sucks more than anything on top of just bad writing, bad themes, bad everything. <laughs> I want I really want to write a story based on it because I think that like I think someone can make something good of what was there. Someone can. I don't know. I think that a good movie, know. a good story exists in that. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. <laughs> Maybe I'm being way too optimistic, but it's just like it just made me so mad cody it just made me so freaking mad anyways that's those are my closing statements of screw that sadarko sucked i wish sadarko was better um my closing statement is sadarko was trash and you can't fix the trash it just is trash yeah yeah you know what i don't think there was any good movie in there (laughs) i i I want to be optimistic because there was like a couple of good, interesting, creepy scenes in that that I think something good would come out. But as a whole, and the way they were even done, those creepy scenes were done. Yeah, no, it all sucked. <laughs> I think you're right. It's just it's there's nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are my closing thoughts. It's a little bit of an anticlimax. It was it was trash, and I was mad that I watched it. Just, I'm sorry that I made it seem like I actually wanted us to watch it. Because neither of us. You know, it's okay. Every once in a while, I have to watch trash. Well, and that's like like why I joked about it is because we have both watched trash and liked trash before, and so like that. That's why I was like down for it, and I was wrong. I was dead wrong. (laughs) Yeah, then you just had to kick me in the balls, Cody. I looked at you and I just like just fly jump kick directly to the balls. directly to the nuts for no reason yeah. i didn't deserve it yeah I, I i literally just like destroyed you for no reason you didn't deserve that i didn't deserve that there's like part of me that wants to be optimistic about this movie but i literally can't so and i have that one song from the movie stuck in my head your skin is black metallic and it's just like i hate everything about this freaking movie anyways cody Shall we close the show that we said we weren't going to record for two hours and we almost got to two hours? Sure. Uh, oh, wait. Do you want to talk about what movie we're going to do? Oh, next? yeah, yeah. You give me a movie and I'll give you a movie. 
Okay, so we have some options. Do you want to watch a movie that I haven't seen, and this would be the first viewing for both of us? Do you want to watch a movie that I love or a movie that I hate, but my brother loves and has told me that I should like? I want to watch a movie that you have that I I, I think. See, I'm stuck because I would like to watch something that neither of us have seen and then we like discuss and discover it together. But I also want to watch something that you love. And so. So you don't want to watch something that my hate that I hate but that my brother says is really good. Can I actually know what three of what the three movies are and then pick? The Vavitch would be a movie that I hate, but my brother says is good. I have not good. seen The Vavitch, so that would be interesting. Uh, the Exorcist 3 is a movie that I want to see but haven't. Okay. And then if it's a movie that I love, I have a list and we'll just figure out just which pick, one you haven't seen one. yet. Just throw, throw out one. And just think that I haven't uh, seen it. The Color Out of Space and Time. Never heard of it. It's got Nick Cage in it. No. So we'll do another Nick Cage movie this season. Hellraiser. Have you seen I Hellraiser? I have not seen Hellraiser. Have you? Hellraiser would be a movie that I like. Okay. I don't know that I even really like Hellraiser, but I, I would like. I would like to. I would like to watch Hellraiser. Um. I, well, no, I'm not saying that's my choice. So you said it's between Hellraiser, Exorcist Three, or um, The Vich. Yep. All of those are good choices. I will say because it's a. Uh, sequel movie, not um, what's it called? Not Exorcist Three. I think the Vavitch will be like too slow burny for me and what I want right now this Halloween season. So I, I'm thinking we're gonna go Hellraiser. Okay, Hellraiser. Is. I, I was gonna watch it anyway, so might as well do it for the show. <laughs> there we go. So Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Oh yeah, I'll give you two choices. I think um, between. Hereditary, which, again, this is not one that I love or that I'm like, yeah, this needs to be, like, the greatest thing ever. Like, it's one that I liked and that got a lot of big fanfare, and I would like to hear what you think about it because, like, it's one of those super hyped movies. And I think that would be interesting for us to watch and, like, discuss the hype of it. And then the second one is Mother, exclamation points, with Jennifer Lawrence which is done by the same dude who did Requiem for a Dream and all that. And it's like, it's horror-ish. Um, and I, I really liked Mother, and I thought it was like one of those that did a very good job with the whole, kind of kind of like um, the ritual. It did a very good job with the horror. So you got Hereditary, the Hypes movie, or Mother, the kind of like artsy movie. What's the Hypes movie? No, the, uh, I was just saying Hereditary is the movie that was hyped. Sorry. Oh, I'm more interested in Mother. Okay, let's do Mother. So Mother and Hellraiser All will right. be our next Halloween um, spooktacular. Mm, not going to use the word spook. Sorry, cut that. <laughs> so Mother and Hereditary are going to be the next ones that we watch for our um, Halloween season talk-throughs. And I'm excited to... Yeah, I'm excited to do it. I only have to watch one movie this time since Mother is one that's still clear in my mind since I've seen it twice. <laughs> okay. So thanks all for watching. Could, do we do plugs on bonus episodes? We okay, yeah, Cody, what are your plugs? We can't. Um, you don't know what your plugs uh, are. Hi. Okay, you can uh, check Cody oh, out at Wandering Gamer Network on Twitch and WanderingGamerNetwork.com, right? 
Yes. Yeah, and anywhere you can find podcasts. You can check me out at something that gets zero zero at twitch.tv where um, I do my Wednesday shows with my dear friend Will where we talk about anime and diversity. And then you can also check out the Side Characters Podcast, which is a podcast about cultural diversity and nerd culture. Anyways, thanks, guys. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. Bye. Cody, say bye. Bye. <laughs> Cody, <Could, could>, hey. <laughs>